0: I would like to speak about the problem of remaining joyful and in communion with the Lord in the midst of suffering. I say that because we know this story of the transfiguration and where Peter goes wrong. Peter, seeing the glory of the Father shown through the Son Jesus Christ says, Lord, it is good that we are here. Let us build three tents he wants to stay, he wants to bottle it up. He wants to bottle that up, serve it up, some can of transfiguration glory. Just wants to keep that, bring it with him wherever he goes. But we know Peter throughout the gospel and his story. Right before this, Jesus calls him Satan because he tells Jesus not to go to the cross. Much later, at the Last Supper he pontificates all of the great resolutions he will make to not flee whenever jesus suffers his passion and then just a few hours later he denies christ three times and so how is it then that we remain in communion with jesus in the midst of the cross is one of the great prayers of today's liturgy is that jesus transfigures himself before the disciples so that they can be strengthened in the midst of the scandal of the cross. First, we have to acknowledge what it is that God desires. Whenever God the Father speaks about God the Son, He says, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to Him. What the Father is saying is that He takes his pleasure from the Son, that there is this great, infinite, glorious exchange of being between him and the Son. There is this unfathomable bliss and happiness that is between the Father and the Son. And he's saying, I, I'm pleased with him, and I want you to be pleased with him as I am pleased with him. And so listen to him. And so all the words of Christ are the words that lead to the happiness that is shared the Father and the Son. And to demonstrate this, to share in this bliss, this radiance that comes forth from Christ himself, he picks three men that St. Thomas says symbolize three dispositions that we are in need of if we are to listen to him the first man that Pete that Jesus picks symbolizing his disposition is Peter Thomas says there's no one who loves Jesus more than Peter now we know that just because Jesus has a good heart it doesn't mean that he has a good head he's always making wrong-headed decisions he Wants to tell Jesus, no, don't go to the cross. And he probably does it out of a good heart. But he has the wrong head, so to speak. And that is still necessary, though. Peter's desire to love Jesus. It is so very easy, once we get kind of a taste of the glory of God, to be obsessed with an intellectual pursuit of God. We just want to know more, to know more, to know more. But it's really just to boost ourselves. But Peter gets it in this way, in that he desires to love Jesus above all things. Even whenever he denies him, he says, Lord, you know that I love you, even though his love is far from perfect. But of the three men taken up to the mountain, and of the twelve disciples, there is one who lasts with Jesus into his crucifixion and this is the second man john while there's no one who loves um, jesus more than peter there is no one whom jesus loves out of the disciples more than john what jesus taking john up tells us is that we need to know first that we are beloved we need to know first that we are beloved. There's this wonderful line in the breviary that priests, deacons, and the lay faithful can pray, which is, we come to, know, we come to love God insofar as he loves us. It's the gist of it. But this is John's whole thing. Let's go back to the Last Supper. As Peter is again pontificating about how he will not deny Jesus, how he will be there, What is John doing? He's simply resting his head on the breast of Jesus. There's no words exchanged. He's simply being close to the sacred heart of Christ. And so where we often maybe leave a retreat, leave a session of prayer, leave mass, listen to an inspiring podcast, say like, okay, these are the resolutions I'm going to make. And we tell Jesus those things. We often fail and we run out of gas, so to speak, while John, on the other hand, just remains close to the sacred heart of Jesus. There's no words. He's just remaining close to him. And this is what strengthens him, so that he can follow him to the cross. John is the one who is beloved. But, lest we fall into, as St. John of the Cross says... The sin of spiritual gluttony, Jesus gives us a third person. The spiritual gluttony being, I'm just going to take a lot of strength from praying, I'm going to listen to all the podcasts, I'm going to read all the right books, I'm going to go to all the retreats. But the moment that I leave that, all of my resolution, and my love for God kind of fades, and I really just look for the next pleasurable thing. This is spiritual gluttony, and it is a risk. So, he gives us a third man, and that man is James. James, St. Thomas says, is the first martyr. And the significance is that once we have truly tasted the love of God, we should want to die for him. There's one um, example in my own life that I can think of. We were deacons... About to be ordained priests in the seminary, and we took a trip to the Holy Land. And there is one site, the site of the Annunciation, where Mary converses with the guardian angel. And above the altar that's there, it's like this little tiny, like, grotto, this little tiny hole in the wall, I guess, like a room in the house. On the apps, like ours says, Ego sum via veritas et vita. This says hic verbum caro factum est which is Latin for here the word was made flesh. At that moment I know okay I can die like I've 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 I'm maxed out there's nothing more for me to live for. But the reality is that is exactly what Jesus does for uh, does for us eucharistically. Hic verbum caro factum est. Here the word is made flesh. And that, eucharistically, when we receive Christ, we need to understand, as James did, there's nothing better here. There's nothing better here. I can die a happy man. And so, in this way, because James receives the life of Christ within him, he can bear within his body the death of Christ. And so, he can share in the radiance that the son shares with the father and not feel like he has to bottle this all up on the mountain and he fears leaving the mountain because he knows that the glory of God will fade. And so if we have the desire to pour ourselves out like Peter, the desire to remain close to Jesus and receive everything from him like John and to know that there is no greater love than this, and to want to die like James, then we need not fear coming down from the mountain. We need not fear being separated from him. Because as the Father so desperately desires to speak to us, he is the beloved son with whom he is well pleased, and we can listen to him.